You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Hello and welcome to another edition of the QB Power Hour. Uh, my name is Dan DeLong. Michelle is in Houston at a training event, so I'll be flying solo today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about marketing and content creation. Uh, so Michelle is our normal uh, co-host, uh, but she's out and about, and she is the owner of Long for Success. She is an international speaker in the Intuit Trainer Writer Network. She is the author of five books, uh, obviously the co-host of QB Power Hour. Always join our Facebook group, um, the QB Power Users Facebook group, very active, 7,500 members and going strong. Uh, she also has a LinkedIn group uh, that you can uh, access. Um, and she has been honored as one of the most powerful women in public accounting. Um, she's always a great person to get get to know and uh, uh, what I like to call an Intuit celeb accountant celebrity, if there is such a thing. Uh, I myself am Dan DeLong, owner of DanWith. Um, former tech support agent at, uh, at Intuit, um, was there for about almost 18 years and just recently technically edited the QBO for Dummies 5th edition, which is available. Uh, so some uh, announcements about the QB Power Hour. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, we're still not doing uh, CPE credit uh, or anything like that. That was just, uh, that was Hector's, uh, Hector Garcia's uh, Thing, and he is doing his own um, his own webinar series. Uh, actually, today I think is a deep dive into QBO reporting. Uh, you can go to the PDF of the slides. There's a there's a link there that is case sensitive. Um, also, Michelle puts up the the past recordings on YouTube, and we do have a podcast. Um, so you can uh, you should be able to click on the handouts link and go to the uh, the PDF of the slide there, or you can go into the PDF of all of the slides uh, by clicking on that link, uh, that tiny URL there. Uh, there's some upcoming events. Obviously, um, uh, we'll, we'll have the QB Power Hour. It's bi-weekly, so. Uh, next, actually, I'm not sure if we're actually going to be doing one next time because that will actually be in QB Connect already, two weeks away. Is that true? <laughs> um, but uh, Michelle and I will both be there. Um, also, we, today we have uh, Matt Fulton uh, from helping us out with uh, questions and answers. Uh, he'll be there, I'm sure. Um, and then also the QuickBooks VCon Roadshow, and there's live training. You go to QBTrainingEvents.com. That's where uh, that's where Michelle is these days. And uh, of course, register for QuickBooks Connect uh, at QuickBooksConnect.com. Um, to go to the QBTrainingEvents.com, uh, that's where you would uh, register for the in-person uh, training events. Or you can there's a lot of um, webinars to to also uh, do there as well. So today we're going to be talking about marketing. Uh, I have a guest with us today. Uh, his name is David Young. Uh, he is a bona fide wizard of ads. And we're going to be talking about uh, some of the things that make up his, his uh, well, his, his backstory. I love, you know, Mark, um, Marvel and, and uh, what's the word, uh, uh, comic book movies. The best movies are the backstories. Um, and then we'll talk about that and we'll talk about some personality types in marketing, which is something that I never knew about. Uh, so this will be a great, great ad. And then um, he's developed a, a something called shortcut content uh, that we'll talk a little bit about a little bit about. So, David, hey, how Dan. are you? <laughs> great. Thank you. I'm so, great. Thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and sharing a little bit of your wizardry. <laughs> um, so, how does one become a wizard of ads? What is wizard of ads actually all about? I told you that you couldn't ask that question. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I I spent my formative years in the radio business and in in a small market in Western Nebraska, 
Mm. And when I decided to leave that business, one one of the people that I was a big fan of was a guy named Roy H. Williams, uh, who's a marketing consultant in Austin, Texas. And in 2000 or 2001, uh, he decided to start taking on partners. Mm-hmm. And so there were about a dozen of us that that joined him at that time. And uh, his his moniker, the Wizard of Ads, came from one of his very first clients 30, 35 years ago. It was a jeweler. Uh, and a- after about the first year, he turned to Roy and said, Roy, you're a wizard, a wizard of ads. And so that kind of stuck. It predated all the Harry Potter nonsense, but we, it, it's not it's, I, I don't think it's a great name, but, we, you know, it's ours. We have it. And mm-hmm. We and it's to, registered. <laughs> so I've been doing this. Um, how did, about how, so you knew you like knew of of Roy and yeah, I had read his books. He he wrote a trilogy of best-selling business books um, around 1999. They they came out maybe every year, every couple of years, uh, and they all made the bestseller lists. Uh, they're super cool books. They're easy to read. Uh, they're not. I mean, we are marketers that are outside the box. Um, mm-hmm. we, we like to just kind of break the box and, uh, Roy's, Roy's books are, are kind of like that. They're short, short one or two page chapters that, that are just easy to digest and they're not traditional, uh, marketing wisdom by any stretch, but they are all pretty much common sense. And that's the thing that really resonated with me. And so, um, he also started doing some, some seminars, uh, at his office in Austin, Texas, Actually, south of Austin, a little tiny town called uh, Buda, Buda, oh. <laughs> Buda, Texas. Oh, Buda. Uh, uh, and uh, that evolved into like they were just doing it in their conference room, and it evolved into uh, a nonprofit, non-traditional uh, business and marketing school that's out in the hill country southwest of Austin. It's called Wizard Academy. And it sits on about 22 acres. It's got student housing. Um, it's it's got a five-story tower that houses uh, a dining hall and uh, wine and art gallery and uh, a classroom and uh, a, a whiskey library <laughs> and a star deck you can see downtown Austin from. And when you start describing this place, people think, oh, well, it's either a cult or you're crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of one of right. those places that you have to go, you have to be there, uh, but it's you, worth checking out. You have out. to take it's a both. hidden train to get there, nothing like that. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of. It's not. <laughs> um, so so it's it's a cool place, and uh, I've taught there. I, I teach content things uh, now and then and uh, go down there several times a year. It's, it's always a great place to go visit. And it, it teaches business owners the same kind of concepts that we use in our consulting practices. So there's about 50 of, of, uh, of us uh, wizards uh, out in the world these days, um, <laughs> most in the U.S., but we've got half a dozen in Canada and uh, one or two in Australia. So wow. well, one, um, one for sure. So, I, I'm <laughs> so, with, your, so with your background in, in radio, that's kind of how you got involved as a, as a marketing in marketing in exactly. general? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's where my first interest came, you know, and, and so in 15 or 20 years in the radio business, I've, I've written thousands of ads, um, not all using the, the kind of principles. Sometimes you write the ad that the client wants you to write, you know, the, the drugstore hands you a list and says, here's our sale items, you know, and so you, <laughs> so you end up with an ad that sounds like every other ad on the radio. And we, we, we strive to not have our ads sound like all the other ads because that's that's why people tune out they go oh well yeah here's another ad i guess yeah. i can go do something else right now <laughs> right either i can fast forward if it's on yeah you know, tivo or something uh or not pay attention yeah, yeah. and i think i think your your uh, accountants and bookkeepers will understand this we we've sort of been I don't know, pigeonholes not the right word but we're known for uh, particularly radio campaigns and people think, oh, that's because you have a radio background, and it's really not the case. I mean, we do television, we've done print, we do billboards, we believe in all those things. It's it's not that the media is what makes advertising work. It's always the message. Um, the the simple fact is that um, radio is sort of a it's got efficiencies that other mass media uh, have either lost or mm-hmm. never quite had. And it's still a mass media that works. It delivers numbers and they're measurable and, and accountable. Uh, most people just do it wrong. 
So they they say, oh well, I tried radio, and they 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 bought whatever package the radio station was selling because they right. needed to make their quarterly number. Their you know, <laughs> and, and we don't we don't do it that way. We we've got our own uh, secret sauce when it comes to putting schedules together as well. So. Gotcha, gotcha. And, yes. and what, it, what it turns out is it just with a competitive environment in radio, um, you're able to negotiate and and get it as as the best bang for your buck in terms of reaching uh, the the most people you can reach at a frequency that's effective um, mm-hmm. and do it long term. Uh, and then, that's the key. and then you um, really specialize in long product purchase cycles, right? So it's not like um, you know, a, a restaurant where, you know, everybody eats at least three times a day, sometimes more if you look at me. You know. <laughs> so we have to make decisions about that, right? Three mm-hmm. three times a day, we have to decide, what, what am I going to have? Am I going to cook something? Am I going to go to breakfast with somebody? Am I going to go to lunch? What's for dinner? And so, um, yeah, that that's a, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's a constantly moving target. And our preference is to work with businesses that have a longer product purchase cycle. Um, and, and the reason for that is, is that uh, the, a more powerful campaign is designed to um, make people think about you first and feel good about you so that when they finally need what you do, your name pops into their head w- without any further prompting. So, right. uh, and, and I think accounting you know, falls into that category for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I don't need a new bookkeeper every day. Gotcha. Hopefully not. You know, hopefully, <laughs> you know, I mean, most most of your your viewers um, clients don't need a new bookkeeper or accounting firm, you know, until this one retires or I move right. to another town or you know, I mean, or they I, refuse to adopt a new technology that uh, that they've decided is is the way they want to go or you know something like that. So there's going to be like a moment. Yeah, I view it like it's it's kind of like banks. You know, uh, we don't switch banks unless our current bank kind of pisses us off. Can I say that word on this podcast? Are we too late? Too late. (laughs) Sorry. Is there a? (laughs) But you know, until until the bank does something to to really irk us, um, Uh we're happy with our bank. Um, It's it's just when when all of a sudden the the friction gets too high or or we're not Mm -hmm. understood or, or whatever whatever reason. Right. Um. There's very little another bank can do to draw me away other than get some kind of, you know, brilliant offer in my face. Right. And that may not be enough either. That's probably expensive and there's no return on investment for that. Yeah. Right. So, so we sit and wait till, till the current one either doesn't meet our needs anymore and, and we need something else. And so, um, you know, whether it's a, a, an accounting firm or a jeweler in a market, uh, we, we do a lot of work with service companies, HVAC, plumbing, heating uh, because those are the kind of companies that we don't need every day and so right. if if I can uh, corner a little spot of real estate in your brain that says oh my gosh when when the sink leaks or when the toilet backs up I don't go to Google and start typing in local plumber um, I just go oh I know Whistler plumbing I'm gonna call them mm-hmm. right I, I feel good about them I've heard, I've heard them talk for a long time so that's that's our goal is is to uh, endear you for you know sometimes years before before you finally uh, are in the market for whatever right. it is that that your that your clients want. So like when you need them, they're top of mind. Yeah. Now I can I can think that you know the kind of conversations that 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 you have with businesses are very similar to our audience with accounting and bookkeeping. That you're talking to a business owner who you know, has that mindset of like, well, I can handle the marketing, right? I, I can post a, a Facebook ad or, um, or that sort of thing. So I, and I, you, how do you overcome that when you're, when you're talking to a business about, you know, being a marketing consultant to them? Well, it's, it's probably not a whole lot different than, like you said, the, the people watching you, you're, so when somebody first needs a, a, a bookkeeping service, for example, they've probably been doing their books themselves, right? So, oh, I get it. I, I mm-hmm. Shoot, I did, uh, I think I had Quicken version <laughs> one on, on DOS. <laughs> you know, and I could balance part abacus, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I could do those things. In fact, before I did that, I, I built a check register in um, 
oh, what was it? One, uh, uh, one, two, three. What was the uh, early, early? Lo um, notes. Yeah, Lotus Notes or Lotus One Two Three, something mm -hmm. like that. I built a check register so I could enter my checks and go ding, and they they would you know, <laughs> get get put in the in the thing. So, so you've probably got a lot of clients that come in and say, oh well, I I know everything about bookkeeping and accounting, right? There's, mm -hmm. I've been doing this myself for a long time, so why would I pay you? And it and it comes down to um, at at some point um, every business outgrows. Uh, their capability to do all the little tasks that that you have to do when you first start a business. So, right. uh, in our case, um, you know, for for a really small business, yeah, you you are going to do a lot of the marketing things yourself. And sometimes the best thing you can do is spend um, a little bit more of your time uh, in education, learning about marketing things and learning what's going to work and what isn't uh, before you hire a firm to you know, to guide you in that and, and then maybe hire a firm to actually do those things. So that those are sort of the the, the um, crawl, walk, run steps is you, you crawl by doing it yourself and learning as best you can. And then uh, you, you start to walk. Uh, maybe you get some advice from somebody and they're helping you, you know, well, do more of this, do less of that, because sometimes an outsider has a, a little bit better view. And, and then, you know, the, the running phase is, oh, you've hired us to to actually, you know, execute this and write the ads and, and negotiate the buy and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, I'm literally walking with you on Mondays. <laughs> we go, we go hiking uh, yeah. on, on Mondays, and and I, I love just being able to have your 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 opinion on those types of things. Um, oh, thanks, and and I, I value that from you too. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what your audience knows about you other than uh, other than this this webinar, but. Um, <laughs> You know, you're running the slides, and and um, uh, Dan uh, volunteered for our local TEDx Tucson group, and and ran all the multimedia for us at our conference a couple of weeks ago, and he was brilliant at it. And uh, I know he's involved in a whole bunch of other things that, that you know you, you probably don't even talk about on, on this <laughs> webinar. So uh, it's it's a pleasure uh, spending time with you as well. Awesome. So I'm going to um, actually run uh, a poll because uh, we were talking about the, you know, kind of like the lifetime uh, engagement here. So um, this poll is just what is your average length of client engagement? Um, and this, of course, could could be based off of how long you've been in business. But, um, you know, do you find that, you know, your clients stick around for less than a year, one to five years or 10 plus? So Go ahead and uh, go ahead and answer that. Do we need the Jeopardy theme playing? Yeah, some, we need something. Uh, <laughs> right now, you guys are about sixty-one percent in for votes-wise, um, yeah. so getting pretty close to everybody answering. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Matt. Any questions that have that have popped up there that you saw that in the uh, in the question box? Not quite yet, but I know there will be quite a few, um, especially, I know I have some when you start showing the software that that, um, that David utilizes. So the moment we're free, I'm sorry, uh, the process that you go through, I believe, right, okay. David? <laughs> it's like, well, nervous now. <laughs> threw him off. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna, uh, let's see here, where did it go? We're going to close the poll and share the results. Ah, there we go. There we go. Yes. So that's 64%, you know, between one to five years. And again, that could be, you know, length of being in business, or it could just be that that is the the, the average bookkeeper time span. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I had to, if I had to, you know, Hunt, give a hunch about this. It, it may be that a lot of your uh, viewers answered the one to five because maybe their business hasn't been around longer than five. So yeah, That's of course true. the majority of them are, are at that length. But awesome. it's not surprising that that uh, a lot of folks have uh, very long term mm -hmm. uh, clients. You know, I mean, right. when I before I moved to Tucson, we used the same accounting firm for I don't know uh, the same one my dad used in the seventies. You know, for this family business, so right. you, you tend to kind of stick around, right? Yeah, and uh, as we're as we're talking in this in this industry, you know, you become that that trusted advisor, um, 
because one, you have access to all their <laughs> of all their sensitive financial data, but um, you know you advise them on what to do, um, maybe moving forward. And so, and you know, it, I think I think the key to that, and the and the and the whole key to um, the idea of paying attention to a product purchase mm -hmm. cycle when it when it comes to business decisions uh, and marketing decisions in particular is that you. Uh, the, the same strategies and tactics that work for a cafe aren't going to aren't going to be as effective for uh, an accountant, you know, right. or, or, or uh, the same things that work for car dealers. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in fact, uh, I, well, don't me, get me started on car dealers. They, they would <laughs> they would seem to fit our model, but they have only a, have an hour, David. <laughs> I know they have a, they have a different outlook, and so they they think that all the results that they get are a result of their screaming and telling you to rush right in in a buying frenzy because they have to mm -hmm. move 30 cars this weekend or they're going out of business, which is not true. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the <laughs> the thing that works about all that is that is that they're just consistent about it, right? Yeah. They're, in your, they're you can't a, a good car dealer advertising in a market. You're just not going to be able to avoid them. Right. <laughs> they're they're right. they're going to be uh, as as persistent and consistent in their advertising as mm -hmm. as uh, as they know they need to be. But what they mistakenly believe is that we all buy into the notion that they have to move 36 cars this weekend or they're going out of business. Right. Right. It's, it's not it's not the message in their case. It's actually the medium and the frequency that they're on that. Yeah. That kind of makes it work for them. But and then so they're twitchy about things like that. And we I don't I don't like working with them. <laughs> so um the slide that we have up uh, yeah. looks like a bunch of gibberish it uh, is tell us about this myers-briggs personality types so gosh this goes back from for me um almost to the, to the very beginning of my consultancy uh, we had a couple of partners uh, jeff and brian eisenberg who had a company that that helped people with websites but in particular helped people um develop a kind of a marketing lens by looking at customers and, and therefore informing the message that you write uh, by looking at them through this Myers-Briggs personality type. And so many of you have probably taken this. You, you know which, which of these types maybe is yours. Um, so there's, there's four different letters and uh, Myers-Briggs, or there's four different pairs of letters. And so that means that there are 16 different personality types in the Myers-Briggs uh, world. The first letter is a, either an I or an E, and it's um, uh, introverted or extroverted. And that is um, kind of how you recharge your batteries. I'm, I'm not going to go into too much depth on these, just other than to let you know that there's, there's you know, these four different aspects of it. Uh, the second letter, the N uh, or the S, is intuitive. So the N doesn't the N stands for the second letter in the word intuitive. <laughs> ah, not very intuitive, right? I was That's already I remember taken. It. Yeah, because I was already <laughs> no. taken. So the N is intuitive, the S is sensing. And that is uh, more of how we take in information. So uh, intuitives tend to look at the big picture and go, oh, I get it. I've seen this pattern before. And that's that's how I will kind of evaluate my world. And the sensors are more, um, well, I got to see the facts. I got to feel it. I got to taste it. I got to touch it. I got to hear it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to trust uh, as much to uh, just the, the intuition. Um, the next set of letters is either a T or an F, and it's thinking versus feeling, and it's, it's a processing. Um, mode. So uh, it's uh, how I um, like, like, do I, do I process based on more emotional type things uh, and feel how others feel? Or do I uh, think of myself more as a rational thinker and, and I'm going to evaluate the facts and then make a decision. And then the J and P are judging and perceiving. And mm -hmm. so a perceiving type is someone that likes to keep all their options open, uh, sees the world in lots of shades of gray, and a J type, a judging type, it's, it's not a bad word, it, it just simply means that they see the world in a little bit more black and white. There's right and there's wrong, and there's uh, things that fit and things that don't fit. Gotcha. Uh, it's, it's, it's more of a binary view of, of the world. And so, you know, all of us, if, if, you, take, if, you, if you take the, the actual test, uh, and uh, I mean, th there are lots of online little versions of this, but um, wh what's helpful is if, if you find that you're sort of evenly split between an I and an E, 
Uh, so you're 50% one, 50% another, and you can't decide. That's where uh, utilizing someone that's trained in, in administering it can be helpful because a, a big part of it is helping you identify which one is really your true preference. And so we, we kind of look at these as, a, as the human operating system. Mm. And uh, we, we all have our kind of innate preferences and they fall into one of these 16. But then uh, I think the next slide is uh, the one where we talk about, yeah, uh, Jungian types. So uh, there we go. Jung looked at these and, and broke them in, into four groups that don't quite fit the previous columns. So they, they have a little bit of a mix in them. And so, um, and I have them color coded uh, uh, because what you, you can kind of follow the, uh, follow the breadcrumbs here, but the, the <laughs> SPs are, are sensing and perceiving. Uh, the SJs are sensing, judging, uh, intuitive feeling, and intuitive thinking. So uh, we're really talking about uh, decision-making models when, when we look at, uh, at, at these four in particular, um, people that see with their senses, perceive, and make a decision. And sensing and judging is I see with my senses and I, uh, I base my decision on my internal value system of, of what's right and wrong. The, the SP, the sensing perceiving, might make a decision based on more on what's fun or what I'm interested in at the moment. Um, and the NF, um, an intuitive feeler, uh, they're very, uh, these are the people that are in tune to your, your feelings. Like they can say, Dan, are you, are you having a bad day? You seem a little off today, right? They're, they're people that can, they've seen. This Why would today before. be any different? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, Grumpy we Dan. call them, uh, so, so they're intuitive feeling. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what we call them in a second. And then the intuitive thinkers are people that say, okay, well, I see the pattern. I'm going to make that decision. Uh, I, I've seen this pattern before. I, I know what I want. I know what's best, and so that's what I'm going to do. Gotcha. And so that's a, a good way of kind of looking at, uh, at, at at that lens. So what's our next? Okay, here we go. So now we got a, a quadrant, and um, let's just hang on after <laughs> after these four, because I think oh, is it just going to keep going? No, you... I'm I'm clicking. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Dan. <laughs> so, Not so fast. I, I like I like looking at things in quadrants, right? You you can take two opposites and put one at the top, one at the bottom, and then take two other opposites and put one on the left and one on the right. And then you can take these um, four decision-making models that we we talked about and place one in each of these quadrants. And so when we look at this as decision-making, we have those intuitive thinkers in the top left. These are people that make fast decisions on a logical basis. All right, and and then the uh, people that make fast decisions on a, an emotional basis are an SP. Uh, if we follow clockwise, the intuitive feelers make kind of slow, deliberate decisions, but they base them more on feelings and and people. And then uh, in the lower left, we've got the logical, slow decision makers. Uh, and the, these are people that, that gather all the facts, uh, that look at them in, in uh, view of are they right and wrong and uh, make decisions that way. And then we throw a name on them. So I think that's the next one. And the NT we call competitive, the NF humanistic, spontaneous and methodical. So the spontaneous um, these are people like, uh, you hit a new town, uh, you want to find a spontaneous friend because they're going to know where the restaurants, the, the good restaurants are, the places to hang out. Uh, the NFs, I like to think of uh, the humanistic as the, the kind of people that will ask a waiter what's the best thing to eat in the restaurant, disregarding uh, kind of their own preference, right? It's like, I know what I like. I'm just, uh, I don't even what, like salmon. What, but what <laughs> difference does it make? What the, but but that's the the humanistic operating system is more. I want to fit in, right? Mm -hmm. I want to I want to make sure that that I, I do the things that other people like to do, and the methodical. I mean, if if we were to if we were to pull your audience, my hunch is that the SJ methodical would be overrepresented in the accounting field. <laughs> And, and that's Perhaps. just a matter of uh, accounting is, is a boy, it's logic driven, right? You don't, the, the last person you want being creative is your accountant. Um, <laughs> well, depending on your company. 
for uh, most yeah. of us. The executives right? so, at Enron would disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, well, and and uh, Uber and uh, you know, there, there's a, there's <laughs> I've read some things. There's a lot of uh, of these uh, disruptive new modern technologies that are going to kind of fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So you, you end up with with these four lenses, and um, the interesting thing is if if you're writing, let's say you're writing a page of web copy. And uh, you, you know what the, the what I mean by like above the fold and below the fold. So yep. that's the old newspaper yeah. analogy. What what you see right. before you scroll down is we call above the fold. And the uh, if you're if you're going to include language that speaks to each of these four personality types, what language would you want to at least start talking above the fold? Mm-hmm. Dan, to get, what do you to, think? To engage to engage all those folks, right? Yeah. And so we, we make the case that you you want to get the fast ones, the the NTs and the spontaneous. You want to talk about how so a competitive is like, oh, this is the best decision. We this is rock solid. It's guaranteed. It's proven. It's tried. It's tested. And the SP, it's fun. It's great. It's um, it, it, it's quick. It's they 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 respond to, to to words like that. And then the NFs want to know about stories. So the the they'll they'll continue down a page to see what other people say about them. They want to read reviews. They want to hear mm-hmm. testimonials. Uh, they, they'd like to watch a video that, that helps me kind of understand who you are and, and how you think. And the methodicals, the SJs, uh, they want to know everything, right? They want to know your methods. They want to know um, who you are, uh, how you came to these conclusions. They, they ask a lot of how questions. So uh, th- that's a really simple way of, of just saying, okay, if, if I know that I am a, a, a methodical, an SJ, um, and I forget the exact uh, percentages of the population, but just, just for the sake of, of, of simple math, let's, let's divide it up into fourths. So let's say 25% of the population uh, thinks the way you do. Uh, it means that if all of your writing is for a person like you, you may be missing the boat with like 75% of, of your potential readers because you're not including the kinds of things that they like to engage in when when they read. So uh, it, it's just a good way of, of saying, okay, well, if, if you're a methodical and you're writing um, web copy or a newsletter that is targeted towards uh, an NT, and by the way, a lot of NTs are business owners. They, uh, they kind of gravitate towards entrepreneurial fields and they, uh, they, they kind of like being the boss. Mm. And so they don't want to read all the, the many, 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 many things that you're going to do for them. They just want to know you're going to do it right. And you're going to do it quick and on time. And uh, the IRS is going to love you. And uh, <laughs> the bank is going to love you. And your investors are going to, you know, all, all the things that they want to know is like, just tick all the boxes for them. Uh, you you can provide them with some proof, you know, in deeper web copy. But what they really want to know is, are you competent? Have you done this for other people like me? Okay, great. Let's do it. <laughs> and the NFs, again, like I said, want, want to know story. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we got involved with, like, um, probably 15 years ago, and this is like, if you, if you, if you want to chase this rabbit into the woods, um, you're welcome to. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't do a whole lot of it anymore because... Uh, it's time consuming and it's tedious, uh, but it's also kind of helpful. And that's to use personas. So you actually build an imaginary person uh, out of each of these uh, uh, types and you give them a name and you give them a backstory and you talk about their kids and you talk about their pets and uh, you, you talk about the business that they're in and how they make decisions and how they've made mistakes in the past and how that turned out and what they're really looking for in uh, their next accountant. And um, it's a it's a very useful tool, but again, it's, it's a lot of work. And I, I, I don't do much of it anymore because uh, it's a lot of work and there's not very many companies that are willing to, uh, you know, to, to pay you to, to do this kind of in-depth, um, uh, creative work. It's, it's almost like writing, uh, like if you're writing for, uh, a sitcom, um, mm-hmm. we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Dan, uh, the yeah. sex in the city. Um, right. and I forget the names that you, you, you're a much bigger fan of sex <laughs> in the city than I ever. Oh, was. now so, I'm throwing out there. <laughs> Yeah, so so like you, know, you were saying yesterday, like each of those major characters represents 
these yeah. people. You know, so you could, Carrie, you could, uh, Carrie, uh, and, Carrie was the humanistic, right? She was, she, and, and that was evident in the inner storytelling, right? She was the narrator of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the spontaneous was the um, Kim Cattrall character. Kim I, can't character. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember her name. It, it wasn't Cat, was it? No, I can't remember her name. <laughs> uh, the competitive was, um, I think the the um, the brunette. No, I think I think she was methodically thing. Well, I don't I don't remember. anyway, but you can <laughs> I should have picked a different so uh, the original Star Trek series, Dan. Um, there you go. Just fill yeah. in the gaps there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, there's Kim a lot Cattrall of ways you can Samantha, by you the can, way. Everybody's saying Kim Control was Samantha. Samantha, Samantha thank, thank you. you. Okay. See, yeah, that's, where, that's why we have you there, man. I should I should watch <laughs> that, right? So uh, yeah, I mean there's so many sitcoms you can you can just look and they got they have four main characters and you can divvy them up this way. You can kind of identify which one is uh, now that they sometimes remember we're only looking at at um, NTs, SPs, uh, 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 SJs and NFs. And there were there were um, 12 other combinations. So uh, right. they, didn't, they may not fit in, in quite this model, but. Uh, that's typically what you do is is just just like you would write a character for for a show. So this is a good example of that. So if you don't have personas to use, like I said, you're you're either marketing to yourself and you fail to address at least 65% of the rest of the market, or you market to stereotypes, um, the stereotype of the product or the customer, or you market based on price. And the interesting thing about marketing to stereotypes, even if we talked about uh, the four characters from Sex in the City, uh, we tend to sort of be talking about stereotypes because we don't have a lot of detailed information about them, and they're they're um, we still just kind of know what we see. But so here's an example of it. Mm-hmm. So if we had personas, a lost wallet lies on a Manhattan street stuffed with cash. A white middle-income male New Yorker between 30 and 44 picks it up. Will he look for the rightful owner or pocket the cash? And no, nobody really knows, right? Because we don't know much about this guy. We know how old he is. We know he's middle income. We know he's male. Um, what What is he going to do, right? We don't know anything about his value system. Right. So we're we're thinking like in this in terms of demographics, you know, when you're thinking like in Facebook ads or what something like that, where like I want the males that are between 30 and 44 because they will do this if I give yeah, them this ad, right? Right. But if we if we turn it into a persona and we give it a little bit more flesh and and a little bit more, oh, we know that guy. Oop. Um, what happened there? <laughs> so there George Costanza fits that demographic information, but we know what he's going to do if he's the guy <laughs> that picks that wallet up. Jerry. Right? It's yeah. It, it's not going to be a demographic driven. Uh, notion at all. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where you can go if if you if you follow that rabbit into the woods. And and so I don't I don't have a slide on it, but uh, my friends Jeff and Brian um, wrote a book years ago. In fact, um, I probably have a bunch of copies of it. So uh, you know if if you wanted to do a drawing or something, um, it's it's called it, the the title of the book is is actually a question, and it's waiting for your cat to bark. <laughs> And it goes deep into um, how you create personas and mm. how you create web copy uh, around the idea of of personas. So yeah. let's just take a, a another just kind of quick look at what these four different quadrants are. And if you, if you want to write to them, uh, this is these are the slides that you would use when you download. This is the this is the kind of things that you would say if you're trying to attract methodicals. And in fact. Um, I, I'd recommend that as an accounting firm, if if you really identify with that, you use this as uh, uh, language for writing your next job description when you're looking to hire someone, right? You want people that meet these kind of criteria for for the methodical. I would I would think especially so the the competitive. Um, there's there's the list the the bullet list of of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm not going to read these because you'll yeah. you can download them. Um, yeah, you can definitely use that from the from the handouts. Yeah, I mean th- these are people that really fear missing out on whatever life has mm-hmm. to offer. I, I, we used to joke about uh, you know at, at conventions when when somebody has something that they're selling from a stage, it's the spontaneous that are running up to buy it. <laughs> they're running to the back of the room with cash in their hand. And then when the next speaker comes up, they're running to the back of the room <laughs> to get a refund on the one that they just bought. <laughs> 
instant buyer's remorse. Yes. <laughs> oh no, I made the wrong decision. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, reverse it. And then the humanistic. So, so, so this what this is kind of interesting. We're we're going to take a look just uh, at the same piece of copy. This is the exact same paragraph, and this is just an example of how you can write to all four of these personality types by the words that you choose. And so, the methodical is going to be attracted to uh, in this piece of copy. Our approach is time to meet your objectives. The bottom line is that your results are guaranteed. Explore our methodology to discover how thousands of clients just like you have been delighted. So uh, that guarantee and explore our methodology are, are that's um, music to the ears of, <laughs> of the methodology. SJ methodical. The, the next one, same piece of copy, but the competitive uh, bottom line results guaranteed, right? That's Those are the words that they go, okay, all right, I, I wanna know more or I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one, same piece of copy, the spontaneous, our approach is time to meet your objectives. Um, th they would also, I think, be kind of attracted to the delighted word at the very end of that, if they got to the bottom of the paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> if they made it there that far. Yeah. And then the humanistic, uh, discover how thousands of clients just like you, right? We, we help people just like you. <laughs> All of our customers are just like you, Dan. They're just oh. like you, right? And and so a humanistic is going to feel good about that. Right. So that's that's sort of um, uh, our our approach to uh, how we create content and how we talk about it. Yeah. And so we built websites for our clients, you know, back back in the day when uh, you couldn't find people like Dan to build them. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's, it's still a great way to write content. Uh, what's happened is after, after years of, of you know, developing personas, you, you kind of just get a knack for it and you start writing um, in, in those terms. Mm -hmm. um, but we also found out that a lot of our clients um, had trouble creating content. And so uh, imagine if you're, uh, a, let's, let's take it out of the accounting world right because uh, this this might be a good place for the other poll though but I was yeah. gonna say um, a yep. lot of uh, like, like I had a roofing client that um, uh, absolute expert in his field mm -hmm. but not a writer right so uh, it, it was impossible for us to, to pull writing out of, out of him so if you've done any content creation on this poll, what describes you, right? If you, if you, you don't even know what we're talking about or <laughs> like most people, I mean, there's, there's a lot of dead blogs out there. Um, so if you started a blog, m mostly you'll see if somebody links to their archives that they started a blog and they had some great momentum, uh, maybe in the fourth quarter of 2015 and then, you know, just, uh, crickets since then. <laughs> yeah, they got uh, a lot of traction, but then they got a lot of business, and then that pulled them away. Yeah, that's true from, too. From doing uh, that. If you regularly post, but not as much as you want to, and regularly, you know, I, th I think that's uh, regularly can mean just about anything. It can be weekly, it can be monthly, it can be quarterly. Like I know businesses that send out a quarterly newsletter. That's content, by the way. It's, it doesn't all. It's not all blogging. Um, this mm -hmm. webinar is content because you're going to turn it into a podcast. It's going to go on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. the, the beautiful thing about especially audio content is that you can um, repurpose it in a lot of ways. Yeah. So uh, that's the poll. Okay. So about 50% have uh, voted, and I'll just share the results. Okay. So most yeah. folks are <laughs> in that. What is content? What is content? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, again, the the, the simple answer, um, and that those numbers aren't aren't too surprising to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know the what's content, uh, we all kind of know. I mean, this is content. What what mm -hmm. you're sitting watching right now is content. It's people telling stories. It's people teaching. Um, it's 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 people giving you tips. Uh, so the if, if you do an email newsletter for your clients, you send out helpful things, uh, that's all content. And what I knew from my experience in the radio business was that audio content is the easiest content to create, it, but bar none, right? It's, it's what we do. It, it's when we talk about Myers-Briggs as the human operating system, um, the, the deeper machine learning or the machine language operating system of the human brain is 
uh, our ability to assign meaning to sound. We've got the biggest auditory cortex uh, by, by percentage of our brain, I think, than any other mammal. And that just means that, that we're really good at saying, oh, well, I hear some sound and I can assign meaning to it. So if I say the word giraffe, um, you, you, you form a mental image that's, that's composed of, of uh, sight, sound, smell, uh, emotion. Uh, you form an image in your head of this uh, brownish, yellowish, spotted, long-necked, long-legged uh, animal that you might freak. have images. What's that? <laughs> freak. Freak. Uh, freak. You might have images of Africa in your head, right? But but the, just the simple word giraffe um, will evoke uh, this this rich uh, mental image in, in just about everybody's head. And so that's what we're really good at. That's what we learn as babies. We respond to our, our the voice of our mom, the voice of our dad, and we start to put meaning to these words, and then we start to learn to say them ourselves. And in fact, um, they've, they've proven that you cannot even read, you cannot read uh, a, a book, a sign, a billboard, an email without engaging the auditory cortex, because in your head, the written word has to be turned into an audio representation of it for it to have meaning. So uh, w without the word giraffe echoing in your head, whether it's spoken aloud or not, you, you won't bring up that mental image. So even if you see a picture of a giraffe, uh, mm -hmm. if you know what it is, the word giraffe comes in and that's, that's where that meaning flows from. <laughs> so again, that, that's why auditory uh, content is the easiest uh, to produce. And so in order to help these clients of mine, I, I, I was like, God, I, I don't know how to get them to, to actually write. I, I, I know these, these people are deep experts at what they do. They just won't write. They either don't have time or they don't have confidence in their writing skills. And so that's kind of what, uh, what keeps yeah. them from actually creating content. Yeah. One of our, um, our listeners or, or watch viewers is, is said, I'm, I'm not so creative <laughs> or uh, I'm so not creative, never know what to share or how, which segues precisely into <laughs> what you want to talk about shortcut content, right? Yeah. And, and, um, do, do we have that, that, the, the one last poll, is there one more? Yeah. Yeah. There's one more. So this is about content and, um, so when you say, yeah, first of all, I, I reject the notion that you're not creative. Uh, I think we're all creative. Uh, it's it's whether we kind of choose to exercise that muscle or not. And um, there are there are lots of exercises, things that you can do that that uh, can can prove that you, you really are creative in in your way and, and for your purposes. And it's it's good for you to do that. But when you when you think about creating content, what are the things that uh, what's the biggest issue for you, I guess. We, we could have made this a choose all that uh, apply, but um, yeah, so the, the, the person that asked about, uh, you know, I don't know what to write, or you can't find the time, or you lack confidence in your writing, or something else. Okay, so let's go ahead and close out the poll here, and we'll share the results. Finding the time. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good problem. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I say that is is in that um, it, if you can't find the time to write, hopefully that means you're so busy doing work for your clients that you you don't have the time. Right. Hopefully that doesn't mean that um, you're too busy on Facebook to find the time. <laughs> like, right. Like I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm binge watching something. That's getting in the Sex way. Sex City now. That's now. <laughs> Now I have to catch up and find out who those other people are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so if if you don't know what to write, um, what what you're seeing on the screen, I I put together uh, an exercise, and I give this away. So if you if you go to shortcutcontent.com, uh, I think it's in the about us link, but it's a brainstorming exercise, and in 45 minutes. Okay, so you have to be able to find 45 minutes, and this is going to solve problem number one: is that I don't know what to write about. And, and it's a it's a it's a straight block of 45 minutes, not yeah, 25 it's not, minutes in the morning, and then 
Yeah, like it's it's basically yeah, I, I, give yourself an hour, clear an hour, turn your phone off. Don't do it while um, you're driving. Don't do it now. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work while you're driving. Um, but it's it's a way of uh, if if you're an expert at what you do, and I assume that everybody on this uh, webinar is uh, an expert at at this this field, right? You're you're doing it for a living, and and you know what you're doing. This exercise in 45 minutes will give you a list of 64 things that you could create content about uh, right now uh, without going out and doing more research. So it, it's it's things that you already know that you maybe just are going, well, I don't know if anybody really wants to know that. <laughs> uh, because what happens is we if, if we can't think of the content that we want to write, it's because we're prejudging it as it comes out of our heads and, and we're just not letting it happen. And so this exercise puts a, a, a really um, harsh artificial deadline on it. And uh, I like to describe it as tying the left half of your brain behind your back <laughs> so that the right half, the creative part of your brain can just dump these ideas out and you can judge them later. You're free to you know, pick them back up, dust them off and go, nope, throwing that one away. Uh, but that solves that first problem. So if, if you go through that exercise in 45 minutes, uh, you're going to have a list of things that you could talk about to your clients for the next year, just picking one a week. Okay. So that's, and, and you had, you had said like, um, if you just took the six things that you have to say over and over and over again, and created content out of that, that would be, I mean, that's, that would now take some of that time that you don't have the time to do <laughs> and, and give you more time to, I'm not sure I'm following the six things. Well, you were, you were saying like, whatever the things are that you, uh, that you find that you're, you're repeating, uh, either oh, to oh, clients, yeah. clients that, that, uh, that call I about that. Yeah. So, so yeah, another, another, uh, I think I, I mentioned this in the exercise, but one of the things that you can do to create a list of content that's even simpler than this exercise is start keeping track of what clients ask you when they call, um, particularly pay attention to what potential clients ask you when they call, what questions are you answering over and over again? If you have a receptionist, uh, you tell them this is what you start writing down. You keep a tablet next to the phone and you write down every question everybody asks and you start looking for things that, that are kind of common. And those are, if not blog posts, that's information that needs to be on your website, mm -hmm. right? If you're having to answer these questions all the time when people call, um, you, you, need to, you need to put that information on your website. You know, do you use QuickBooks online? I'm, okay, yeah, we use QuickBooks online, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I don't know what the what the questions are, but that's mm -hmm. that's another way of of just keeping track uh, and finding the things that that your uh, your customers and your potential customers really want to know is just mm -hmm. keep track of what, what questions you're answering all the time. Um, so so the one of the solutions to that second one is if you don't have time to create content, then find somebody that can help you with it. Mm -hmm. um, now that's uh, sometimes an easy thing and sometimes not so easy. Uh, you know, I mean, you can, you can hire ghostwriters. There are companies that will write articles for you. Um, sometimes that works well. I, I find that in uh, deep expertise type topics, that's not always the best solution because uh, if, if you just hire somebody to write a 500 word article on some accounting topic, now you've got to, double check and make sure they got it right. Yeah. Uh, you hope they didn't steal it from somebody else because that, that could get you uh, penalized by Google for duplicate. Mm -hmm. uh, so to me, uh, one of the best approaches is to go back to, like I said, the, the human brain's operating system and create that content by speaking it into existence. And a couple of ways you can do that. There, there's um, voice recognition software. I mean, you, you could probably just tell Siri your blog post. <laughs> Um, oh, my phone went off. <laughs> uh, but sometimes that's not quite enough because we get a little self-conscious about that. It's it's mm -hmm. sort of like making a speech. But yeah, again, I freeze. I freeze up when I have to when I know something is listening. And <laughs> yeah, I have trouble with that too. I, I'm, I'm self-conscious about asking Siri questions. I can never um, get get Alexa to turn on the light because <laughs> I like, freeze up. It's like she just uh, doesn't like you. No, Alexa, do 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 that thing I want. 
<laughs> so so what what this what shortcut content essentially is is a service that I developed to help my own clients get that content out of their heads. So we for a, for a price now I, you you can do the exercise that doesn't cost you anything. Uh, just do it. You'll have a list. Um, send some good karma my way. Um, <laughs> but if you want help, like if you really starve for time and you've got some budget to create content with, and uh, it could be writing a book, it could be writing a blog, it could be doing a podcast, uh, we can take those ideas and help you turn them into podcasts and blog posts uh, is, is sort of the entry level side of things. And so we take one of those uh, topics that you came up with, for an example, and do an interview. It's no different than what Dan and I are doing right here. You sit down at your computer and we have an interviewer that sits down at their computer and we say, all right, Dan, tell us about um, uh, the, 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 the simple secret you have for reconciling a checkbook. I don't know what, I don't know what the topic is. Right? So, so Dan explains it and he, he does that in about five seconds. And we typically speak at about 750 words a minute. No, excuse me. We typically speak at 150 words a minute. <laughs> so in five minutes, you'll you'll spit out 750 words, and we can then transcribe that, hand it to an editor who turns it into blog copy, of the, the you know maybe three to four hundred words, and then we take that audio and turn it into a little podcast episode. So now in your five minute conversation with us, we've handed you back two unique, distinct pieces of content that you can put in a newsletter, you can put on your website, you can post to uh, your podcast channel, um, you, you can even turn them into videos. And uh, we, we also have worked with people where we've installed video uh, uh, studio equipment in their office so that they can do that exact same interview but do it in front of a camera. So now you've got a video, a podcast, and a blog post that that are created from a five minute conversation. So uh, that's, that's a, a paid approach. Um, mm -hmm. and you could, you can find people and do that yourself. Um, happy if you hire me. So either <laughs> way. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's all on your website. You can, that's what it costs you, right there. You can go there. Um, that's for, then, that's for weekly for three months. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah. even you could, um, you could do different, um, periods of time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got clients that, that buy this quarterly package, but they only want to do every other week, so we'll spread it out over over six months. Gotcha. Um, or 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 if you're writing a book and you know it's going to have uh, 26 chapters, then buy two packages <laughs> and we we <laughs> treat each one as a chapter, and uh, you know mm -hmm. that's that's the way. It's a it's a great way to write a book. We've done uh, I've probably helped half a dozen authors write books using this method. Awesome. And then uh, what? So this is what the end result looks like. The, the whistle. Yeah. So this is this is just a web screen or a screen capture of of one of our clients out in Virginia. Um, we've been working with him. I I forget how many episodes we've done, but um, it's a lot. <laughs> I, uh, so uh, probably five or six years at no, it's even more than that. Seven or eight years at at a, a podcast and a blog post a week. And this is what it looks like on his site, right? Um, I, I can't take credit for the fact that you can't read his headline on his <laughs> background, but top facts homeowners should know about water re heater repairs. Mm -hmm. And Google loves that kind of stuff too, right? That's uh, That tells Google, this is, this is a guy that's been posting for years about plumbing topics. And so Google loves that. They know he's a real business and they know that he writes things that, that are useful to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, um, I love, you know, when we, we're we're in the same uh, BNI group, and uh, you know when the handyman came in, you know he's on the verge of retiring. He's like perfect for this kind of stuff because, like you said to him, you know you know where the bodies are buried. You yeah, know? he knows so much. He's got he's tons of stories. <laughs> tons of stories that he could just come in and 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 do a well. He doesn't even have to come in if he's going to do just the podcast piece of it. You could just sure. reach out to him and just talk to him. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. And, and again, it's easy, right? You don't have to write. Uh, he, he didn't build his career by writing. He mm -hmm. built his career by fixing things for people. So okay. if we talk to him about the common problems that, that homeowners have and, and how you fix them, people will love that. And uh, we're all pretty good at telling stories, right? We, we have conversations all the time. It's, it's not hard. 
So that's that's my story, Dan. Yeah, that's the story. You're going to stick to it. Are we, oh, are we, are, we hard? We hard are running over a, a little bit. Um, well, some people I know he, they have to drop off. Uh, you know, they, they got other commitments. Um, certainly. Oh, oh. <laughs> got a lot uh, of behind the scenes here. Everybody loves the content. Uh, I mean, super. Turn this. All right. Stuff. Thanks. If I could get to this thing to turn off that noise. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear the noise. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. There was a phone call coming in on the VoIP line that <laughs> I didn't turn off. <laughs> but yeah, These any uh, any questions uh, that, that popped up there that you saw, uh, Matt? Um, you know, you actually organically answered quite a few of them. Most of the questions were all focused around the idea of you know, how do I find the time to create content, you know, or um, I don't consider myself to be creative, so what do I do? Um, I was trying to answer as best I could, channeling you, David, towards all this, of course, but um, great stuff again. People putting in here, wow, right? By the way, Dan, <laughs> you did turn on Deborah Bradshaw's um, lamp. Oh. She said thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> They did also want to know, you referred to a link earlier um, that if we could share that link and then where also the website where the quiz was at, I believe, were two things. Oh, the, one, the, the in the, one in the same, question. right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, so if you go to the next slide, Dan, uh, that's that's just that's my email address and that's the website, shortcutcontent.com. And if you click on the About Us, I think it's in the About Us menu that has the brainstorming exercise. And it's it's uh, it's a six-page PDF that you download and print, and then you watch a video. It's it's me guiding you through this exercise for 45 minutes. And um, the 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 whole idea of it is that you go nonstop. So the timing for the the different parts of the exercise are built into the video, and all the instructions are built into the video. So you basically hit the play button and then um, follow the instructions and write as fast as you can. I, I like to joke, if you don't have writer's cramp at the end of 45 minutes, you weren't working hard enough. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we, we all have those ideas that that content in us. We just, uh, we just judge them before they, we, before we right. spit them out and we, we don't do the thing that we know our, our customers would probably like this. Yeah. At least some of them would. Yeah. We let the, we let the great to be the enemy of the good mm -hmm. and, and don't, uh, don't let those things come out organically so that we can actually cultivate them, you know, and, and like you said, speak them into existence. I always recommend having what um, Seth David taught me is as a swipe file. So when I start to write something out, if it's if it's an unfinished thought, I still save everything. I mean, I've got folders of the junk and then I come back to it at a different time on when it becomes relevant again. That's a great idea, and I, I've never been disciplined enough to do a swipe file, but I mean, a quick and dirty thing you can do is, um, you, you, I don't recommend stealing content, but steal ideas. So subscribe to uh, the newsletters of, you know, the, 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 what do they call them? The top five accounting firms or whatever they are. Big uh, five. Subscribe, the big five. Yeah. Uh, uh, subscribe to other accountants' newsletters. Look at other people's sites. Google accountant blog and steal steal the headlines and then do your own take on them. So if they do top three uh, tips about this topic in QuickBooks, then you do your own version of that, right? Don't mm -hmm. steal their content. Just do your take on it. Benchmark. Uh, and it will be it will be uh, it will be perfectly original. Uh, th there's no such thing as an original idea, really. <laughs> um, so, and, and there's no end to the kinds of things that, that, um, you know, they're, they're all trying to come up with things that they're going to be, um, attractive for people. Um, talk to an SEO guy and, uh, Dan, Dan could probably help you figure out what are the, what are the keywords that you want to do, right? So mm -hmm. if you're just trying to make your site, uh, uh, more attractive in Google's eyes, you, you want to, some of those topics to be keyword driven as well. Right. And then it's just working those into the questions that you answer. Well, awesome. I think this was uh, this was great. Uh, Matt, thank you for stepping up and, and helping us with the with the questions. Um, we definitely had some <laughs> technical challenges getting things shared. Um, and and David, I really appreciate you taking the time to to just hear a, a little bit about what what goes on in 
in that that world and, All and right. yeah, providing I, I, providing a way for for people to create content because uh, we did have a we did have a webinar on on how to create videos um, but this is another caveat that you know maybe those people that don't want to create videos they could still uh, create content or at least come up with the ideas of what to say and yeah. then you know go from there video is hard harder than you think Right. I mean, it's, it's not hard, hard, but it's, it's yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot more moving pieces to it for sure. Than, I got to I got to get a shower, put pants on. I mean, those are <laughs> those are steps to take that you don't have to do. I had to agonize. <laughs> do I wear do I wear this shirt? Uh, it's solid blue. They're not going to be interference lines. There's a lot of things to think about for mm -hmm. getting into the camera. Well, awesome. Well, again, thank you for joining us today. We'll be putting this up on the podcast and and in the YouTube channel. So uh, we'll. Uh, again, I think we're going to take off uh, because of QB Connect uh, in two weeks, but we'll see you after that. Thank you, Dan. This was fun. Thank Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.